I care so much about drumming and I care so much about what I do. It's like, why not do everything in my power so that I can take this career like as far as it can go? Hey everyone, welcome in to episode three of the Nashville Drummers Podcast. Today's guest is Jeffrey Adamy. And we've been looking forward to this episode for really since Nathan and I started this podcast. Jeffrey has been not only a really good friend of both of ours, but just a huge proponent and a big supporter of this podcast and super appreciative of his friendship and having him on as really the first guest of the podcast. Jeffrey is a professional touring and session drummer. Uh, He's been playing for 15 plus years and he's played for notable acts such as Grammy nominee Natalie Grant and Peabody. Jeff's versatile in many genres of music, including rock, jazz, metal, funk, gospel, pop, and contemporary worship. And we talk a lot about how faith has played a major role in his life, and we discuss really the why behind his musical journey. I know for me personally, I left this conversation feeling very uplifted and very inspired. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. We hope you enjoy episode three featuring Jeffrey Adamy. That's the thing when people ask me to like, oh, can you film my set or something? I'm like, I don't want to. My my friend had a set like last week and I was like, I'll film a song. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. film a song. But it's like, man, my arms get tired. And plus, like, I have dis- dysgraphia, which means my hands shake constantly. Ooh, so it's like, yeah, we could. What's it called? Dysgraphia it means your hands shake constantly. Oh, had it since I was a kid. Yeah. Well, we're talking about it now. We're here. Yeah, I mean, are we rolling? We're rolling. Okay, we're rolling. let's talk about dysgraphia. Yeah, let's talk about dysgraphia. Uh, yeah, so I guess dys- dysgraphia is this thing um, I had. It's an issue where, like, your hands shake constantly. It's hard to tell, like... From like I guess a normal distance, but if you like a way to tell if you have it, it's like you can and you guys can do this too. It's like you grasp your hands really tight and then let go, and then you can see if you're shaking or not. I kind of see yours a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it shakes, but it's weird because it do- it doesn't affect my playing. It it affects my like writing. Mm. So like I've always had like illegible writing since I was a kid, but like it doesn't affect my playing. Or maybe it makes not, it better. I don't like know. Holding really tightly. Yeah, just, um, I got the loose grip. Maybe if I did have like a tight grip, it would affect it. But I don't know. So when you were young, did you think, well, I'll just become a doctor and that'll solve the problem? <laughs> I'll become a doctor and learn how to fix this mess. No, um, I'll become a doctor, and then the fact that I have illegible writing will be normal. Oh, <laughs> why don't, okay. Why don't we back it up a bit? So we know Jeff. Shout out to Diamond Sound because you guys share a drum room. Mm-hmm. But for everyone that doesn't know you, Jeff, um, talk about just where you're from and kind of your journey to Nashville. I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. So, and I've lived there my whole life, and I've been in Nashville for like uh, around a year. I moved like late august during the pandemic so um yeah i've been here for over a year and i am loving it so much so far so yeah it's been really fun yeah so what made you go to come to nashville like you're living in seattle i mean everybody says it's for the music but like so were you, were you in school or like how did that talk us through that journey so i well um i guess like going way back to the beginning uh my parents had me try everything 
like when I was a kid to see what I loved, like baseball, basketball, soccer, piano, drums, all that stuff. I guess drums is what just stuck. I, I can't explain what it is that made me like get drawn to it. Maybe it's like because I was a kid and I was just like, oh, I get to exert so much energy and so yeah. much rage into the drums as you would as a kid. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They just had me try everything and I, I stuck with drums the most. And um, I started... I started like really leaning into it and taking drum lessons and stuff and and just like watching a bunch of YouTube videos of drummers and listening to a bunch of music and being like, oh, I like this, I like this. And then, um, I don't know, I, I there was a sort of uh, a point in in college where I was like, well, I don't know if a career in music would be like that lucrative. I was like, I, I don't know if it's something that's plausible. And I was like, well, what if I get a psych degree? I was like, so I, I started college with a psych degree. And I was like, cool, I want to be, I want to become a counselor for like people with depression. And <laughs> then I took my first psych class and I was like, okay, nope, not for me. Yeah. And where is this? Like, what college? It's at uh, Northwest University. It's near Seattle, Washington, like 20 minutes away in a city called Kirkland. So I, I was like, no, I can't do the psych degree. And then I was like, you know what? What if I like lean into music and just really go for it, even though like it seems like there's no shot. And um, <laughs> um, then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to switch my degree. And then uh, I just started leaning into it. And I, I started doing making music with like a lot of people in college, made a lot of friends, a lot of memories, a lot of fun stuff. Um, and I had this professor. His name is Steve Smith. And he was like a Grammy Award-winning recording engineer. So he's worked with everybody, like Stevie Wonder, Garth Brooks, Van Halen. Wow. Like, yeah, serious stuff. And he was like, he's like, Jeffrey, I could set you up in L.A. full-time, like, as a, <laughs> as a studio drummer. And I was like, wow, that sounds great, but L.A. sucks. Right. So, um, <laughs> no so, shit on L.A., but... Yeah, yeah, if, if, if you're watching this from L.A., I love you. Uh, but LA I don't, does kind of suck. LA does suck. So when you say that, you are referring to like just cost of living and like cost of living. Um, I've heard that there's this environment of like people don't in in the music industry, people don't care about you unless you like mean something or like are somebody. Which I I haven't been to LA enough to like notice that myself, but um, yeah. I'm sure it's the case. And, well, uh, I mean, every time anyone asked me why I didn't move to LA from Reading. I was like, well, have you been to L.A.? I just, why would anyone move there? I don't, right. underst I don't understand. Yeah, it's it's very very fast paced city. People yeah. are always in a hurry and stuff. So it's not our style. No, I like that. I mean, I, I think it's fast paced here, but I think the community here is different. That's right. right? The community like it's much more supportive and yes, you don't have to be somebody first to you know play around or get exactly. A yeah, people are super supportive here which i love um and it, it's crazy and I, I think i've heard you guys talk about this too but like i never would have expected before coming here but like the most gigs i get from are from drummers right like from you specifically yeah which is thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> but it's like oh and who told you to move here and who who counseled you on that was that was that somebody we know was was that, that, we have a little talk about it about <laughs> you're welcome oh. natural i brought a good one in um, but yeah, I, I think like for a musician who isn't too experienced with the Nashville like experience and everything, being a musician there, they would be like, 
Well, I, I feel like uh, drummers usually wouldn't want to give you gigs because they're like, oh, I run the risk of like, if this person takes my gig, then they're just going to have it nonstop. But like, I don't know, that's that's not really the case. It's just like people, I think you were explaining something in an earlier podcast about like the way it goes with explaining to people like, hey, I can't play this show, but I have a sub for you when I'm gone. Right. So, yeah. It's then it's you're still taking responsibility. They don't see you as the guy who ducked out. They see you as the guy who, like, well, you you brought a resource to me that exactly. I wouldn't have otherwise had. Now right. I know another drummer that's going to kill it. Exactly. Yeah. Like that reflects good on me. Even if then you take the gig full time, I don't I don't have like a black mark on my record. Exactly. Like it's, like, it's yeah. They like the the artist finds it super appreciative. It's kind of like if you're working like a minimum wage job and you have to schedule a day off. It's like your responsibility to like find someone. And yep. if you do, it's like all right, you're you're good. Like it's okay. Right. So yeah. Yeah. If you're just a no call no show and you don't provide somebody to, to come in and take your place, then they're like, well, I'm not working with that guy again. Exactly. You got to be. I'm not recommending him for anything yeah. either. You got to be helpful in more ways than one. Yep. So yeah. Synergy, baby. I'm yeah. all about it. Exactly. So you've been in Nashville for or just over a year. Just over right? a year now. Yeah. So who who are you playing with now? What's like your your kind of your week look like? And man, I don't and t- like talk about. I'm curious how you how you're getting these gigs. I mean, we we just talked about like referrals from Nate from other drummers. How have you like gone about putting yourself out there, like marketing or just like right. trying to become a name and just be that resource? Yeah, it's a it's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of like. Um, going to house shows and going to like going to concerts and events and just like introducing myself to as many people as possible. I'm not like I'm too busy to like post stuff like regularly on social media anymore. Like I, I feel like I was using social media a lot um, to post covers and stuff, not as like to be like, oh, I'm the cover guy and stuff, but like more of like as a portfolio for myself. And now that I have those videos out there, I can be like, Cool. Let me take. Let me devote my time to like going out and meeting people, so that when they like, when like when we're done meeting and they go to their house or apartment or whatever, they can like look me up on Instagram and be like, oh, this guy's maybe good or whatever. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's it's a lot of word of mouth. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've just been just trying to get like as many gigs as possible and say yes to everything. I'm I've only been here a year, for a year, so I just want to get as much experience possible as possible. So wise, yeah. So just a lot of word of mouth, and I I love to. I think something. I think think something that helps me get gigs, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people. Is like if you like meet an artist or someone and, and get their number, or get their Instagram, just like listen to their music in your off time and like text them being like, yo, like I dig your song. Like it's good. Like that's something people will remember. Like yeah. I've, I've, ha- I've, I've told people in person, I'm like, Hey man, this is like a really good song. And like, you can tell it's like something that really sticks with them. And just like, just like genuinely be like a person's biggest fan. Just be like, support their music, support their stuff. Like it goes a long way. When and then, you, when you can come in with, with a genuine <laughs> comment about something, something specific about their thing that you like, you can, you could see it in their eyes. They're yeah. Like, oh, wow. You, you really, li- you didn't just listen. You really, really listened. Yeah. You were it, paying attention. Exactly. And people nowadays, 
I feel like people my age are like so able to like tell if you're being authentic or not. So like, yeah, if you come from like a genuine place, like, and they they can tell, and like it means like like you were saying, it like means the world to them. So uh, I, I I had a I, sorry, I don't want I don't want to cut you off. Oh, I, I had an experience like that with a band that I loved called Fair to Midland out of Texas. Dude, dude. yeah, I I remember I saw them a long time ago, and I texted you about them, and you were like, dude, you know Fair to Midland? Oh, they're they're the best. I miss them so much. Yeah. But they're vocalist was absolutely incredible did all these um, amazing things just with his voice and just his his performance was just insane but i would watch him go nuts on the stage every single night and obviously everyone's very complimentary of his voice yeah oh you're, oh, you're amazing you're a god whatever and actually my buddy was asking him about his vocal technique and i just said i was like hey man i really appreciate how every single show you put all of your heart and soul into your performances. And I, I just saw him be like, his eyes just opened up. He's like, wow, man, thank you. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm paying attention to what you're, I'm like, you don't, you don't hear that. You're like, oh, that was so crazy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm really like, I've seen you seven times now. And every time it's a unique experience and you're like, you're going all out like that. He, he gave, he was like, dude, thank you. He gave me a hug. I'm like, you're right here. Give me and you said that like you were being genuine. You did. Yeah. You weren't yeah. looking for something, right? I just like, I wanted him to know like, that I was right. like, yeah, dude, I, like I love it. I love yeah. what you do. Yeah, and even like even with being genuine, there's a difference between like the surface level comments being like, oh yeah, those oh you sounded so good, yeah. and like because that's genuine too. It's genuine too, but like if you're a music if you're a musician who like speaks the language, you know like what to say that is really gonna like make them like remember that. Yeah. And like just being like, hey, you were giving your all. Like I've seen you many times. Like you're very passionate. You like give your all, even if it's like multiple different cities. You may be tired. Like, cause you you understand like the like the exhaustion you get and how like how you have to like give 110 percent. So like you might as well like say something along those lines to that person. Well, you've ever ever been around somebody that knows how to insult you that way? Like they <laughs> they know they know the stuff that'll really get you. I mean, like that's yeah. enough of an example. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, oh, I know exactly what's going to get your goat. I, yeah. I can mess you up with one comment. Ah, yeah, you know, really, you know, your shoelaces. God dang it. I, I, he my my secret. About, he, sense, he knows I'm sensitive about my laces. Dog, you can't believe you went there. <laughs> yeah, no, have you guys read the book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People? I Because this is exactly what we're talking about. It's like... Mm. I have seen, all, not just in music or just relationships. The the book is more towards business and like how to was whatever that? your colleagues or ask for Dale Carnegie. Like Dale Carnegie. Yeah, that was yeah, Dale you Carnegie. Check that out. Oh, okay, I, I was thinking of a different. But yeah, super super applicable. I yeah. haven't read the whole thing. I've I've scanned it and I've listened to some of it on uh, audio and just some breakdowns of it. It's a real. It is a really interesting book. Yeah. I actually, I own it. I just have never finished it. <laughs> I, I was gonna lend it to you, but if you own it, then. I've got so many books that I've never finished. I, <laughs> yep. I'll start and scan and whatever. I mean, whatever. I get some. So that's your weakness. So for me, it's the movies. I haven't seen any movies. You'd have, you haven't finished books. Yeah, my my. Pro <laughs> so. I start books. I, I have a problem. I have a, a dopamine problem. I, I get like I'm searching for the new thing, whatever the new thing is, a shiny, and then I'll just I'll just start it and then let it go. I need to I need to be a finisher of things. Right. But, yeah. What about you, Jeff? What's your greatest weakness? 
Let's go. Oh, I'm just so sensitive all the time. I'm going to lift you up and then bring you right back down. This is just to turn into the roast of Jeffrey Adamy. Oh, we should start doing that. <laughs> just like, no, like at the beginning, of, at the end of like all your podcasts, usually yeah. it's like, like, oh, who are your favorite drummers? Who are your influences? Like, like no, just turn into like, all right, he, we we've listened to you on the podcast. Here's some things we hate about yeah. you based off of we, what you. We went to Broadway and we took a video of your last gig. Like, and... Here's the things we found wrong with your playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We should hire someone to low key go and take video of people. That would be hilarious. This is a great idea. Thank yeah. you, Jeff. Just, uh, yeah, I got this you. This how great ideas are born. Yes. Well, I mean, you're yeah. going to give me royalty for this idea, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ka-ching! I just got that oh, much richer. Right. Uh, uh, let me show you a video. I want, I, want to, I want you to tell me what you think of this. <laughs> I just want your honest opinion. Oh, no. Uh, you know. Mm. Second last night. Okay, that's a kick drum. It's good. Did I did I win? Okay. Oh, let's go, Brandon. Oh. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah, we're in Nashville. Pretty good. Pretty good groove. I've seen, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the groove. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear the groove. I was. I was hearing something else. Oh. <laughs> Wanted to know. <laughs> what did you vote for, Jeff? <laughs> no, maybe, I, maybe I should. I was like, I was getting to the point where on the form, or I was like, I should not just write anything at all. Well, yeah, maybe no, that would have changed it, but yeah, we wouldn't have. I wouldn't have brought it up if you hadn't said not to. <laughs> we only, we only looked at that form like ten minutes ago or half hour ago. I, <laughs> it didn't, didn't mean much. Yeah, uh, clearly didn't, didn't mean much. much. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get a lot of this in I, editing. But, <laughs> we say that, but, but yeah. So, uh, uh, don't worry, buddy. <laughs> we'll do it live. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> we like to keep it. We like to keep some levity. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you're doing Broadway. What else are you? What other gigs do you have here in Nashville? I actually haven't been doing Broadway too much. Well, we, I, that's a lie. I just saw you playing Broadway. Uh, shut up. A few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I I haven't Dude, been to Broadway. Been lying yeah. a lot. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody to what see else him. Are you into? I, was, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been doing Broadway too much in the past few weeks. I've actually in I think that in the first week of October, I traveled to three different states with three different artists. Um, one of them. Uh, the first one, I went to North Carolina to play for a girl named Kragara, and um, we went to North Carolina. It was like a dark pop vibe. Ooh. And then the second one, I went to Atlanta to play for this pop art, another dark, dark pop artist named Phoenix Red, who I've played with in the past. And then the third one, I, I played, I went to Alabama and I did a worship night with this guy, uh, David Dennis, who I, I've played with him at church many times. So, yeah, d- doing a lot of traveling. Um, I guess this week I'm gonna be doing some r- remote drumming for a friend. Um, yeah, I just I've I've noticed that I've been getting a lot of um, local gigs and stuff off the Broadway scene, which is nice. Because um, I eventually want to get not not be doing Broadway too much at all. Uh, I'm grateful for the experience and like it's a great way to build your chops and learn how to jam with people but like it would be great to do more stuff off broadway and so thankfully i've been able to still like keep an income for myself doing more like local stuff so yeah. and like going out of town with different artists so yeah that's great so, man yeah 
What about so? Tell me about this wonders thing. Is that how it's pronounced, by the way? Yeah, wonders okay. worship, right. dude. Um, so <clears throat> it, this was like all my friends in college. Um, two of them were like, "Hey, like, what if?" <laughs> literally, my friend he was bored, and he was like, "Hey, what if we started like a worship collective? Like, we're, as as in like not just like musicians, but like we also want to provide a resource for like people to learn how to like." Um, do various things in like the worship industry, like musician become musicians and like mixing engineers and like uh, photography front of house. Like, so we want to build this team. And so our friends in college were like, Hey man, what if we start this worship collective? And like, since then we've, um, we've been able to release a few singles. Um, and like, we've traveled a bunch to play a bunch of youth conferences. Cool. And uh, yeah, and I'm going to, back to Washington state to um, play a few uh, youth conferences with them in late October, early November. So I'm really excited for that. It's um, w- whenever people ask about like long term career goals, it's like I would either want to do like, um, like worship stuff, like like stuff with wonders because they're my friends from college and I love them so much. Either that, like the worship style scene, or like, you know how like pop stars or rappers they have like live arrangements like doing the fusion Absolutely. funk gospel yeah. stuff like mm-hmm. either the worship stuff or that where like like sticks taylor rico nichols like yeah. kendrick lamar justin bieber backing bands like that type of stuff i did a little bit of that in college like with a gospel worship choir so there were a bunch of sick arrangements so that'd be like the ideal for me so that's great man yeah fun stuff so i'm, I'm curious because has faith always been like you mentioned this was kind of through college right yes but was faith always like really important to you growing up or? yes and how has that been, like, is, it seems like it's still very important to you. And how is, I'm wondering how that has affected your drumming. Wow. I mean, I've, personally, I've, I've been playing church here yeah. uh, in Nashville. I've, just for the record, I'm a proud Jewish faith, but I've been, right. know, until the temple has a rock band, I'm, I'm going to church. And, <laughs> and it's great, but like, you know, yeah. you play with really great players, and it's yeah. another, maybe similar to Broadway, it's really good skills to yeah. be able to learn songs quickly and do that kind of thing. Right. Well, so, how spiritual, how, how, how spiritual are you okay with me getting? Yeah, but get as, as long as you're comfortable, yeah. Get as spiritual as you want, For, Well, okay, so, like, I, I always say when I'm talking to other Christians and stuff, like, I feel closest to God when I'm playing, like, worship drums because I, I feel like Jesus is, like, right there next to me. My thing is, like, and, and that's, like, the reason I, I want to do drumming full-time is, like, um, I, just, like, I the reason I want to do worship so much is just because like it's one of the only styles of music where it's like I fully like agree with the message of like what I'm playing for like you mean it's like sure it's fun to like be downtown on Broadway and stuff but like if I'm if I'm playing in bars to a bunch of drunk people or not even just like all drunk people 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 who want to have a good time or stuff mostly it's like yes. mostly drunk but it's like I'm not I'm not serving anyone I'm not inherently like doing something to lift these people up and bring them something greater it's like i i want to be in more environments where i can do that and like in turn i feel like i i I can like serve people um yeah there was something else i was gonna say but i forgot but yeah i love that answer so do you find yourself like with with the different projects and bands that you work with different artists Do you find yourself like listening to the lyrics more because of that? Like not just good music, but like what right. you know, what their message is and what their ultimate goals are and like Yeah. Not just a gig for a paycheck, but like Right. You know. That's that's a good question. I 
Um, I find myself whenever whenever I listen to music, uh, the first thing that my head goes to is like the rhythm. That might be the same for you guys too. Um, like I, I've never been a person to like when I hear music interpreted by the lyrics. There's only been one or two moments where a song like lyrics really strikes me, but most of most of the time I'm not like getting influenced by that. I'm just paying attention to what the rhythm is and then the melody and then how it's mixed and stuff like that. Um, and luckily, I'm not the type of person who gets like influenced in a negative way, but by the lyrics I hear in a song. Like I remember <laughs> the first like how I got into metal music is I was in middle school and uh, we were outside of a guitar center, me and my friend, and I saw this CD on the ground and it was titled uh, Lamb of God, Ashes of the Wake. And I was like... <laughs> It's one of my favorites. Yep. Dude. Must be a Christian band. Must, Let's put it must on, be a Mom. Christian band. <laughs> and I brought it home and like, this is my first exposure like to metal. Late to Rest is on that. Yeah, Late to Rest is the first like, and like the riff came in. I was like, what is this? This is so sick. And then like the F-bombs and stuff come in. I'm like, oh, wow. And I was just like, this is so sick. And and my parents, my parents found out that I had the CD and they they had a they had a like conversation with each other. They were like, "Well, are we gonna like decide to let him keep it, or are we gonna like say like, hey, we have to throw this away?" And they, they eventually let me keep it because I feel like I think their mindset was like, if we throw this away, it's gonna make him rebel and be, be, like fill with angst and just become worse and just like really get influenced by it. But luckily, they let me keep it, and I think just like them letting me keep it and like me just enjoying it for the riffs and stuff and the drumming and stuff kind of led me on this path of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to focus more on the instrumentation and not get like influenced by the lyrics. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So outside of metal, <clears throat> yeah. what, what kind of stuff were you really intaking as you were coming up as a drummer? What, what was kind of the stuff you're like, Oh, I really, I gravitated toward either this kind of group, this kind of, what this genre or yeah. this player because you said you were listening to and watching a lot of YouTube videos so I'm just curious who are the who are the people like what was the stuff you're like yeah I just get, I can't get enough of such and such oh I'm trying to rack my brain because like in middle school it was like the <laughs> the metal music in in high school started like gravitating towards like more pop punk stuff um in college it was a lot of gospel and fusion funk I, I guess like I guess the the latest things I can think of was like, um, I don't know. Really lately, I've been into this guy. Do you know C.J. Thompson? Yes. Yeah, dude, C.J. Thompson. Ooh. I've been watching him a lot. He's scary. He's scary. I, I man, I don't know. You listen to C.J.? Yeah, I, I love it. Dude, yeah. C.J. Oh, is a freak. Ooh, yeah, I, I, man, I he, buddy. he, um, what what was that popular song? He, he produced that like no one has a copy of it but all like the famous people it was like shifting running swift i don't know whatever it is <laughs> i'm gonna look like such a fool <laughs> um but um I, i'm trying to think of like what else i was like raised growing up into watching like i remember in drum lessons uh one of my drum teachers he had me do like the steve gadd paradiddle thing yeah like, that's a classic video how early were you starting to do drum lessons I so I did drum lessons from I, I think I started them at age eight and I, I did drum lessons for five years, five or six years, and then the rest was self taught. So so about like I've been playing drums for like sixteen, seventeen years, so like five or six years 
um, with lessons and then 10 self-taught. So, Do you remember, okay, here's, this is, I just, this is just my curiosity. Do you remember the first thing, your first lesson or what, I guess, what's your first memory of taking the lessons? Because I've, I definitely have mine, which I, I yeah. I've shared on this podcast. Right. My first lesson was with a, an older man named Jack Toker at Northwest Pacific Northwest. Was that, Northwest was that his real Music last name? Or was that just a title? Jack Toker. That was his real name. All right. Well, as far as I believe. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, Jack Toker. And uh, I remember every time I came in, I had ADHD, so I can't remember. <laughs> too. I'm always, I was always off the walls and stuff. He had it. He's been cured. He doesn't have it anymore. That works <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, he took enough acid and it just I, went away. <laughs> um, I I remember I remember every time like before I came in, he had like the glass sliding door, and um, like before my lesson, there was always another kid who who came in and he was more at the advanced level, and I would always see through the glass sliding door the things he was working on. And I was like, oh, that's that's so cool. I can't do that because it was like the more advanced stuff. And I was like, as soon as my lesson with Jack would start, I would just come in and just try to do it like what he did. I could never figure it out because <laughs> I was like, oh, how do you do this? He's so good. But I don't know. Jack Toker was an uh, amazing man. Uh, I don't – I think I had to have a lot of different teachers at that place because so many of the teachers there, they would just go on tour. Dying. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry, no, you, you were gonna say you, know, you were gonna say they're going on tour. Oh my god, totally wrong. I'm so sorry. So uh, they kept on going on tour. So I have to have to like getting on get like phased in and out of different teachers and stuff. So I learned a d- different lot of things, but it, it was a, it provided a good foundation um, for my for my drumming stuff. So yeah, that's great. And then yeah. you studied in college as well. Yeah, I um, so I switched over to a music degree, and then I was very busy in college playing with a lot of different people i was um it was a lot of stuff to do with like school performances like um i i was on the school's worship team our school had a gospel worship choir um it was a five-piece band and 110 singers and we were learning gospel arrangements anywhere from like israel houghton to tamala man so that's where i got to learn all like the linear chops and like mm-hmm. all yeah, the buddy. fusion stuff so like doing that and then i got to um I got to play with a, a group called McKinney Dawson, which is a bunch of friends who either went to college like with me or graduated from college. And so it's a worship team. And one of the most notable things we did is we got to go to Australia to play uh, a oh, wow. three-day conference, which was <laughs> sick. It, in it college, was, you, did, you had that up Yeah, I, I was in college, wow. and we went to Melbourne. I thought it was Melbourne, but yeah, like Melbourne. The, if you're if you're yeah. Australian, you would oh, pronounce thought, it Melbourne. I thought it was that too. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. Blew my mind. Learn something new every day on this podcast. Yep, sure yeah. do. Normally not anything related to drums, but that's okay. <laughs> even people, it's interesting to me, even people who traveled there and know the, that are from here, I've still heard them call it Melbourne. I'm like, you've been there. You've been you there. You know that they don't you say You ignorant it. fool. Why do, you, why do you insist on, it's like saying you, tortilla. You... <laughs> It's bizarre to me. Well, I mean, it's, it's literally spelled that way. That's probably why. They're just right. bigots. They're, they're, We're exactly. American. You know. They're racist against Australians. Yes. 
This is where we're headed now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I got to do a lot of different stuff during college, which was great. And then um, it, it kept me really busy. And so a lot of, lot of experience that helped me with, like, all the stuff I'm doing here now, especially, like, the gospel chops and linear stuff. So. Question. When you were over there, did you see any terrifying animals? Anything that intimidated you? Not not the question. ones like not the ones that are the stereotypical um, Australian uh, animals. We. What do you think of as a stereotypical Australian? kangaroo? Okay. <laughs> Koala. Okay, because I think of like spiders that will murder you. So okay, well that's that's what I was gonna say. I was getting yep. to that this like the first day we went into our Airbnb, spiders everywhere but they weren't like when you when you think about spiders said, in australia let's get back on the plane let's get back on the plane are they still paying us before they get back on the plane um no, when when you think of spiders in australia you think of like these huge massive things but they were just like regular size but like <laughs> that was a great memory of when we first went there we just killed a bunch of spiders Dude, so. starting starting it off right. We're starting gonna do, off right. We're gonna do some worship. Gonna praise the Lord for all His creation, and <laughs> gonna kill just gonna some... start by killing a whole bunch of it. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. Good. <laughs> just, really good. Just being a servant of the Lord, you know. Oh man. Mm. Hey, some things He made and said it was good, and some things He some things He made and was like, "Hey, can you kill these, please, <laughs> before you serve me?" Ah, just I'll allow it, but it's not great. <laughs> That's not true. He didn't. He never said that. <laughs> In case anyone was curious and hasn't read the Bible, he didn't say that. So, okay, you did you know anybody in Nashville when you moved here? Kind was of, that like a very scary move? I knew I knew people who knew people in Nashville, so sure. I was like, "Hey, can you connect me? Can you like set me up with these people?" That that's like something I was going to get back to a while ago. It's like I kind of had this this um, decision to make between L.A. and Nashville, and I was like, "Well, my professor Steve Smith, he's he could hook me up with all these opportunities in L.A., but at the same time, all my my friends who st- set up worship wonders worship, they were like, you know what? Hey, Jeffrey, we're going to Nashville. Like, do you want to come too? And I was like, shoot, I have something set up for me here, and I can make drumming a full time guarantee, but I have Nashville over here." And I don't have anything set up, but my friends are going, and I feel a lot more comfortable with that. Like, so I went there. Super glad I did. I f- forgot what your question was. Yeah, no, you, you answered. I just was wondering, like, if you if you knew anybody here. Oh or, yeah, like... <laughs> I, I didn't. I did. I did. That was impressive. You answered it, and then you immediately forgot what the question was. Add. Add. Yeah, there you go. Um, Told you. I did. He's cured. Maybe, I, the acid actually didn't work. I'm sorry, guys. The acid. The Chernobyl needs more, needs more testing. Um, I I didn't know too many people, but I I had people who knew people down there, and I was just like, "Hey, can you set me up? Like, can you like set up like an Instagram DM group chat or like an email, like uh, convo or whatever?" And like, I guess that's how I got to meet some people. I can't remember too much of specifics of that. Um, but it's crazy because one of my friends, Jack Dreyer, he, um, his, great dude. Oh, you know him? Yeah. Great dude. Dude. I love that guy so much. He, his dad went to college with my dad oh. and they, they really grew in their faith together, um, which is really cool. So like one of the things I did before moving to Nashville is my dad was like, 
hey, let, let me set up like a, a group FaceTime between the three of us, like you, me, and Jack Dreyer. And I was like, that, that'd be awesome. And like, um, and so we talked and I got to know Jackson. And then when I first moved here, I got to meet him. And then because I met him, I met him at Flamingo, which you guys both know Flamingo. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I, I talked to him. He introduced like people to me. And then he gave my number to another worship leader who needed a drummer like on a Sunday a few months after moving here. And it was because I met Jack Dryer that I met all the people I did who helped me like do drums full time. So yeah. I didn't I didn't know there was a pre-existing relationship of any kind there. I've I'd seen you guys interacting on that. Yeah. Like, oh, good. They know each other. That's yeah. Great. So it, I don't know. It's small world kind of. Yeah. It's like that his dad and my dad went to college together and like so yeah, it's just like I I took any any like almost like pre-existing like network I had and just like, you know what? Let me foster this before I move down here and I I guess that's what made the the ball roll so. yeah that's really smart i think a lot of drummers move down here b- without doing that you know and they, they want to just be full-time immediately or they want to just go right into broadway yeah. they don't have that foundation built yeah you got you and you got to do as much as possible like so when i okay i guess a, t- a little timeline of me being here is like when i first moved here i didn't have a job for like the first five weeks stuff and I was like oh I need a job I need to pay the bills and so I, I worked as a janitor at a, a food production company of all places like if you ever see the the fortune cookies like at like Panda Express or whatever like I, I was the janitor for that no way like, wow. like a Chinese takeout <laughs> yeah like Chinese takeout but it's like the Hold food on. are you telling me that when I go to Panda Express and they hand me a little sacred cookie that's got a nugget of wisdom in it that they didn't personally place that in there, <laughs> I've been scammed. <laughs> Sorry to... I'm ne- I'm Santa isn't real, l- Nathan. Oh, shoot, there's ne- going to be I'm kids listening to this. I'm literally never going back to Panda Express, and I'm, I'm in fact, I might not even eat Chinese food again. Wow. Easter, Easter Bunny isn't real <laughs> either, Nathan. Are you kidding me? I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, yeah, back to the timeline, I guess. Uh, so I, I worked as a janitor for four months. Um... And during that, um, that's when I met this girl named Emma, who was like, hey, like, I, I want to start a Broadway band. Like, Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, I, I want to quit this janitor job, like play drums full time. And she was like, cool. And so she sent me like a repertoire. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take like every day to transcribe um, 10 songs off this repertoire and like there were like 300 songs in the repertoire so every day like during my lunch break and when i got home i was like let me transcribe the drum parts to like 10 songs a day because i was like this is like the harder i work at this the faster i'm gonna get out of this stupid job yeah buddy. So, you were so, hungry dude i was hungry for it i was like i i did not I, I got to a point where i was like i didn't i didn't come here to like be a janitor and like sweep and mop and stuff but like I, I understand, like, obviously, like, you were, worked at daddy, Daddy's Dogs for a while, and it's, like, I understand, like, you have to keep the struggle going, but, like, in your spare time, like, you're just doing whatever you can to, like, yeah. make it out because you know, like, that's how bad you want it. And, and that's why I'm grateful. The job was, like, good enough for me to stay there, but bad enough to motivate me to, like, hmm. to, like, get out of there. And I, if there's anybody, like, listening to this that's moving 
into town soon. I, I would say that's like the type of job you would want to get, like something that motivates you, something that like pays the bills and you can handle being there, but like something that motivates you to be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to work hard enough to get out of here. Yeah. Today. Comfort so is the great. dream killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, exactly. You don't want to, you, you don't want to stay like complacent. Yep. It's, it's good. So I, I've told this story to a couple different people. I haven't mentioned it here yet, but I ha- I have, um, I worked with this group um, that had this cellist. I, I didn't actually work with him personally, but uh, I was on a, a series of gigs with this band that featured this cellist um, who did some shows. He did uh, Ru- when Rush did their tour with the orchestra. He yeah. was he was their cellist. Incredible oh, player, wow. um, phenomenal, phenomenal player. And something that I was told about him is. When he finished that tour, he made a ridiculous amount of money, of course, playing yeah. for Rush. Yeah. The first thing he did was go and purposefully blow all of that money. Purposefully. Because he was like, I have to stay hungry. Oh my God. I have to want more. Wow. And, like, if, and if I'm comfortable, I won't, you know, I won't go hard. This, yeah. this is a guy who would... Do you know what the Uberman schedule is? Have you ever heard of this? No. It's, it's a polyphasic sleeping schedule where you sleep in half hour intervals i think it's four times a day four evenly spaced times a day he did he did that for a long time i'm I'm not sure months at least so that he could have more hours to practice cello wow this guy's a monster that's amazing that's hunger that's that's that's, that's hunger yeah i aspire to have that hunger i I don't know if i could do that that's That's, it's not for everybody but 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 it's an extreme example but it's 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 potent yeah, I, I think it, it's a, there's some truth in it for everybody. That's unreal. So you kind of talked about it earlier, and, and like, what else kind of motivates you? And you mess like you mentioned, sort of like your why as well, like this whole thing of playing drums and moving to Nashville. Bringing it back to books too. Have you guys read? You know Simon Sinek. Yeah, yeah, he has a book called uh, what is it? Start with why. And I haven't read that one yet. You guys should read it, but it's it's really surprise, about surprise. Yeah, if I, if I had started it, I hadn't finished it. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Yeah, it's good. now. did not read that. But book. It's, it's all about like finding your your why, your passion, and like your, yeah. your purpose away from just like the technical, whatever you know, skill or job you have, but like the the real reason behind that. Yeah. So it seems like for you, like faith has obviously been important. Yeah. And like you talked about, like lifting people up. So like, what else kind of motivates you to like get behind the drums and and you know, I need to play music. I don't, I don't know where this came from, but for whatever reason, I have this like never settle mindset. I was like, if if I'm someplace, I like at the if I'm a, at a janitor, I was like, I'm in Nashville. I know I can make drumming a full time thing. <laughs> well, that, that well, that's the thing. Like when I first moved to Nashville, or, or like before I moved to Nashville, I was like, man, once once I'm playing drums full time, I'll be content. And and yeah. I, I yeah. six months into like I I I became I was able to make drumming happen happen full time after six months of being here, which I'm super grateful for. It's a huge blessing. But like ever since making that happen, I was like, wow, I can go so much farther than this. Yes. So so I, I just like man, if if I'm in a spot and I know that there's more to be had, I'm like I just. I just want to have it. I, I want to do whatever I can to make sure that's mine. So like, just if I if I get a gig with somebody, I just I just want to do my best to like prepare and like 
work on the music and just have it like as good it possibly can be and like ask the artist as many questions be like hey like what's your interpretation of this part or like when do you want me to be here and you always show up early and do everything you can just like to make a lasting good impression so yeah wow man you're yeah. inspiring me i gotta tell yeah. you really i'm gonna go practice right now yeah that's yeah. crazy i'm because yeah. i'm i mean you know how i am with practice i'm i'm pr i'm pretty i'm weird yeah uh, but but i'm always doing my thing and it's it takes a lot from me uh, emotionally mentally it's very draining for me to go and focus on somebody else's thing and learn their and like do the transcription thing that's all stuff that's not my wheelhouse that's not in my my habits right um and this just hearing hearing you talk about this and seeing how effective it's been for you it's like wow i really need to ad adopt more of these principles you've applied to your life wow thank you yeah, it seems I mean, like it's obviously I mean it, been man. working, you know. No, I appreciate it because, like, like he hearing you about, like, how often you practice and you're, like, always in the studio. And, and, like, whenever we have conversations, you're like, so what are you working on, man? I'm like, oh, I haven't been working on anything. And you're like, cool, here's this polyrhythm thing. I'm like. He does this to me, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I was like, moment I was like, oh, I was like, it's fine. Yeah, but what about thirteen over seven? Uh, it's like, how, how much would you say? No, but like to, to hear yeah. that, like I'm inspiring you. That's crazy because, like, you, like just how how far like you go at it, and just like you 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 never want to settle for like, oh yeah, I can do this polyrhythm. It's like, no, what if I added this onto it? It's like, wow. So I love that mindset. Mutual. Though. Yeah. It's like, oh wait, like you're never settled in any part of your life. I just like. I, I just know there's more and out I feel like, And that's and the beauty of like, going back to drumming, right? Like, we're never settled. Like, we're, there's always something more to learn, yeah. improve upon. Yeah. Right. I, I never want to be the type of person that thinks that I've, like, accomplished it all. Yeah. Um, I just, like, I, I, I want to be a lifelong learner. Like, I, I'd never want to be like ignorant or complacent i just be like i i want to and i, I want to be the best me that i can be not to prove anything to people because i just i just want to do it to just like know that i can grow and just to be the best i can be so wow yeah. i love that it's beautiful thank you <laughs> so you you were here in 2020 of course right and how did yeah how did the pandemic affect you i'm curious because like it seems like you're really hitting your stride now like you're you are a full-time drummer, right? Yes, right. I've, I've been playing full-time for like So how did you like, months. yeah, how, how did you stay motivated in 2020 when there really weren't those gigs and opportunities? Yeah, um, so I think there's there were a lot of people during the pandemic, and you guys can chime in too, there were a lot of people during the pandemic that were like, oh, this is the worst time to like move to like, to Nashville like people like I was my dad was sending me articles of like all these musicians who like gave up their career because they couldn't yeah. like af like afford the band it's horrible stuff and I was like great what am I doing moving to Nashville but I realized that like I couldn't have moved at a better time because I like that I, I, that's that was the thing I was like no dude perfect time because you're really good and you're a good dude you come here and you just survive and you're gonna have you're just going to have all the gigs because people are giving up. Yeah. And, and like more so than like people are giving up, it's like tours and shows are shut down. So let me take this opportunity to meet the people who are like staying at home or like going to like the small local gigs where there's only like 10, 15 people allowed in the venue. Let me, let me 
use this opportunity to my advantage to meet as many people as possible. And that way, when touring and shows start up, I, I'm just, I'm gone. Bro, and you yeah. killed it. You took my advice and you went so much further with it than I ever have. So, holy <laughs> Lord. Dude, I was like, I was like, all right, I need to find... I need to find like places that are open like each night. I was like, all right, Tuesdays I'm going to Sunny's, I'm going to Pitch Meeting. Wednesdays I'm going to Flamingo. I was like, I'm gonna meet so many people. Yeah, I, I had the same their mindset. Faces off. Just, right, yeah. I'm just gonna meet. Oh, I got. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> but like, I was like, I was just like, I I want to have this so hard. I I didn't come here to become a janitor. <laughs> yeah. So. That's yeah. the quote from this podcast. We're gonna open with that. Yeah. I didn't come here to become a janitor. Hey, seriously. <laughs> you can confirm or deny, listeners, did we start the podcast with I didn't come here to become a janitor? Or did we start here with something political? Yeah. That's like a game show, right? Which has probably been edited out of the <laughs> Please, private, you know field. me as a as a Nashville musician. I'm stupid rich, yeah. so <laughs> as we all are, right? Put that at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Man, this, this Jeff guy's a real. He's actually a real sweet guy. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't need this. I'm stupid rich. You guys are just buffoons. I'm better than everybody. This is the Jeffrey Adamy podcast. Oh my gosh, I, have you ever had somebody tell you that they don't have time for something and then tell you how much money they make? I, I worked with a like guy just, just just briefly. He was like, "Yeah, he was the, just a terrible human being." Who, who's the, he told he told me and the band I was playing with that he didn't really have time to be dealing with the stuff we were talking about with him. He's like, and then he told us, "I made over two hundred fifty thousand dollars last year," and we were like, "Cool, what on God's yeah. green earth are you even saying, Joe?" <laughs> cool, there goes your dignity. Yeah, right. It's yeah. Just like, <sighs> there's just no reason to. It's like, come on, yeah. just like, and, and that's something like. I realized more so than like, um, just like, just like when it comes to networking, like being nice and stuff, it's like, just like you've, you've got to develop that genuine relationship. You can't, you can't be like, you can't meet people and be like, oh, what, uh, like, what can you do for me? It's like, no, like you, you build a friendship, like you genuinely, genuinely want to get to know about the other person and just like, that's how it starts. You can't. Can't like yeah. be able to like oh, I, I'm better than you guys and this, I'm not worth your time. It's like oh, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen, <laughs> brother. People say that the future is now. I say the past is now. And I don't know why I say it, but, <laughs> but I just tried to say it to be contradictory. Does it make any sense? No. It's because no, it's the past because in the past. <laughs> already happened. It's because man. it's because the future's in the future. So oh shut up. It's it's because nineties. It's because people are wearing flannels and people like Nirvana. Yeah, you're the right. Past the, is past now. Is now. the past is now. The past is now. Thank you for validating my random thing that I made I, up in this dude, moment. Dude, I got you, man. You're. That's what he. I, see, I told you this was a good idea. He begged me not to have you on this podcast. He was like, please, for the love of God, don't <laughs> Anybody allow but Jeff. Jeff into my room. And I said, yeah. no, it'll be good. I promise. He said, I don't like him. We've talked over and over. He sent me a detailed list of the things he doesn't want to talk about. Shut up! I'm yeah. really not interested in having him in this room. And I said, no, I swear he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good player. He's interesting. Yeah. He said, okay, but if this, if this doesn't work out, it's your ass. So you're, I'm not Okay, fired. I need to know. Did 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 the other drummers did they put anything down in the the column of don't discuss this in the podcast? Has anyone no. well, anything else? Did, yeah, did we, Taylor? Had, I think two or three. Who else? Well, we'll talk or about that. Later. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right, but 
I mean, it's all good. Well, yeah. You yeah. know now that Dan does all the logistical stuff, and I'm I... just the pretty face. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're the pretty face. I'm not. I'm not. You are a pretty face. I, I'm the hair. A, and face. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a face. A pretty one. Anyways. I've got, I've got a face for Anyways. <laughs> okay, I'd love to talk about some more drumming things with you. Yeah. Uh, you sort of talked about, like, you know, you're into metal music, and you're doing the... <laughs> You're playing church here in Nashville, I assume, right? Yeah, I've been playing at this church called Crossroads Church in Lebanon. Okay. I actually played at a different church uh, called Franklin's Something Something Church. That's the actual name. Yeah. Um, Franklin's Something Something Church. Yeah. And Not so, denominational, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> of of the of the something something variety. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've been playing at a few churches. So it sounds like you do a lot of freelance gigs. Maybe like, and I know you've done like some fill-in gigs as well. What is like your practice routine and like approach to, and like say you have like a you know a week to learn a few songs or sometimes probably shorter right a few days. You obviously have this room here. Talk about like how like your approach to practicing and your mindset to just continue to get better on the instrument. This is gonna get all the potential um, hirees and everybody to never hire me. I don't practice. (laughs) I don't. I mean, like I practice in a way that's not. You're particularly like drumming rudiments and stuff, which is so bad. I need to practice. But like, my, 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 I just like the only thing I have time for is to like learn songs. So that like is my, I guess like Jeff playing. Jeff Adamy hates rudiments. <laughs> you take away. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, well, okay, so it's drums. Really. Broadway playing rudiments on Broadway for fools. By Jeff. <laughs> because I'm so smart and I make two fifty k a year. <laughs> Well, I feel like Broadway is my practice. I'm like, I, I, if you're doing four-hour shifts, like the longest shift I had was like nine hours, like 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. I, I, I feel like Broadway was good practice for me because gr- like everything before then, I was doing a lot of worship music, and worship music is so like formatted and like specific. Obviously, there's there's moments like, like altar calls where you flow and let the Holy Spirit lead in to what moment you need to do. But like a lot of the songs, they follow like a... F- like a phrase like a phrasing but like when i when i started playing on broadway there would be times where it's just like oh we're jamming and stuff so like i guess my way of practicing is like my version of practicing is just like to just play to jam a song and just to listen to the other musicians and like feed off their energy and lock in with them as much as i can so i i don't practice per se like the, the normal stuff you would it's it's more so like i practice like listening to the other, other musicians and i practice i've kind of been able to hone the skill of like learning songs like if i'd like if i if i need to crunch down like a lot of music it's like i can i can get up to like 10 songs a day where i listen to it and i transcribe what the drum part is so yeah yeah, I guess, yeah that's super <laughs> valuable though yeah. i mean i know you're sort of joking like oh you need to practice rudiments but like it sounds like for you you're more into the actual like the music itself and, yeah. and, and a lot of listening. Yeah, right. I, I mean, like there there will be some exercises where like I'll, I I think playing on Broadway has helped me figure out like new chops and be like, all right, well, I just, just discovered this new chop. Let me apply it to like a few songs that I'm playing today. So like there's that. I guess that's how I like apply like r- like maybe rudiments and like chops and stuff like that. But it's more so along the like the practicing of like learning other musicians' songs and like 
learning how to listen to other musicians and to play with them and figure out my dynamics and stuff like that and where I fit as a band member. Because obviously, no one, you don't go to a show. I mean, like, if you're a casual fan, you don't go because of the drummer or the musicians. You're you're, you're there for the singer. You're there to sing the lyrics along and stuff like that as, like, a casual fan, casual listener. So, like, if you're the drummer, you're you're in the backseat. You're the one providing the foundation, but you have got to, like, everybody says less is more, but it's so true. So Yeah, I love that. It's it's a good reminder for us. We go so hard. We go so deep into practicing and getting all the gear and, like, for the gig, it's like we are just that band member, and we have a job to yeah, do and you, make the music sound as best as it can be. Yeah, you have to figure out where you fit in. Yeah, it's like we're all parts of the puzzle piece. You just have to figure out where you fit in. And that's subjective, and that's for that's for each group to decide, of course. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like a lot of the prog stuff you do, it's like they, you definitely have like a lot of moments to shine. So like yeah. it's it's all genre dependent. It's all subjective. So yeah, yeah, that's the 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 what is pocket discussion when you get get into like well what's there's a different pocket for, you know, hip hop than there is for fusion or metal or like they they all have pocket. It's a that form yeah. of it, but it's just a different thing. It's just a different pocket. And there's no limit to how deep the pocket can get. Yep. Pocket can get deep. Pocket can get ten feet deep. How deep are your pockets, Jeff? <laughs> well, these. These ones go about. That, like, that one goes all the way into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> my hand comes out of my jeans. I just wanted to mention that something you said uh, reminded me of, of something I've heard that Dennis Chambers would do. He would just he would sit and smoke a cigar and just listen to records, and that he could, would consider that practice. So you're like the active listening thing, like that's that's lost on a lot of guys now. Like just oh well, yeah, you can either get into the purely practicing rudiments or drum exercises or whatever, but just sitting and listening with the intent to learn. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take this apart mentally. It's like your your brain you you tend to like hear music in a different way. Like I remember in college, um, when I had my first mixing class, I like my my brain was destroyed because I I'd never up until that point I never thought about how oh I must listen to this mix I have and figure out how to tweak it, like EQ, compression, reverb, and stuff. That I never thought about that stuff before. And when I first did, it just broke my brain because I was like, how do people do this? And then right. the more I did the mixing, the more it got better for me, even though I don't mix at all and my mixes suck. Um, <laughs> shout out my roommate, Matt, for a mix template I use on my videos. <laughs> yeah, um, your videos sound great. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. all thanks to him. I just used the template. But, but yeah... I guess, like, the way it relates to, like, listening is just, like, I actively listen for the drum part and where I fit in. It's just like, let me learn the part and then me let me figure out a way to, like, give it my own flair that I would. And let me listen to the rest of the instruments and figure out how, if there's something that's not in the record that I feel like should be, like, played live, like, if I'm playing for an artist, like, let me, let me, let me act, like, if he's doing, like, three quarter note triplet hits and it's not in the record, I'm like, it would sound better if I did that. So, like, yeah. like, active listening, it's, like, helped. And I, I think, I think another thing that's great for me is that I don't really spend my free time watching movies or TV shows. Instead, I, <laughs> so I'm with Dan on this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> Except I've, I've probably no more references than you do. I'm sorry. Oh, but. <laughs> Come in here. Yeah. <laughs> You're my friend, Dan. You're in my room here, by the way. You know that, right? Like no, that. it's like in, instead of watching movies and, and, and TV shows, I what I like to do is I, I listen to a lot of new music. And like I, I listen to a lot of music and I, I try to listen to a lot of different styles. And I've been doing that for years. Um, and I think that really helps me like just become like familiar with drum parts that I haven't heard before. I'm like, okay, well, let me listen to this album by this artist that I've never heard before. And I check it out. And like, who knows, maybe I could hear some chops that are like, okay, this is sick. I've got to apply this to my stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I need to more, be more dedicated with that once again, man. <laughs> yeah. I think we all do. I mean, and I think like the, the age we live in, of course, with social media, like at least for me, like when I hear practice, I think of tangibly like what am I literally practicing on the drums? Yeah. Instead of oh, like I love hearing like you talk about just listening, how important that can be. Listening to records, old records, new music. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's <laughs> it's it's been great, and um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I just try to be as active with that as much as possible because I I find myself like almost <laughs> almost not a day goes by where I have to be like learning something for like. And even even if there's a chance that like there's there's not an artist whose music I have to listen to, there's some big repertoire out there, some big Broadway repertoire that I'm like, you know what? If this gets called up last minute, let me learn this. So I have like lists of songs that I should go for, like anyways, even if who knows, I may never play that song. It's just like I just want to keep on just like learning as many songs as possible yeah. that way. If it gets called, I'm like, Great, I know this one. So right. yeah. Yeah, then you can be the stud. You're like, Yeah, I know it. Yeah. Oh, you probably don't know this one. And, I do. <laughs> and that's why I asked you for like all your set lists and repertoires. I was like, man, I, I just want to learn this stuff. I don't want to yeah. like make a fool of myself if it, if the song gets called and like there's a bunch of people like waiting to hear the song and I have to look it up and listen to it. And I, I think that's another thing that like has helped um, me grow is that being on Broadway, you have to learn, you have to play a bunch of new songs last minute that you like never heard before. So like when I was first starting out, I would like take my phone and listen to the first 10 seconds. I'm like, all right, this song's probably going to go be like this for the rest of the song. It's probably going to have hits here and probably going to like die down during the bridge and come up. And so like, I, I just did that so much more and more. And like, I, I feel like that's another like skill that you can hone is just like figuring out like what a song's going to sound like just from hearing the first few seconds, because you have to do that on Broadway constantly. So yeah so you've mentioned a lot during this podcast like transcriptions yeah and i'm curious when you say transcriptions like you're talking like literally like note for note like do you use software like how has that skill been developed and i'm, <laughs> I'm curious how that has like really helped you and so yeah so i guess the way i i do my notes it's not it's nowhere near like a nashville number system or anything like that because obviously that's not for drama um <laughs> this is what can be i mean it can, it can be, be. Yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> maybe we should start over no um i don't know it's, it's not the way i do it i was so funny nothing I'm, I'm in my own head about okay. something i'm going to do to you <laughs> oh what don't worry about it okay well so like for example if i if i Okay, name name just name a bunch of like Broadway tunes that like come to your head, and I'll, uh, I'll pick one. Don't stop believing. Okay, don't stop. Well, no. Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, Sweet Home Alabama. Town. I think 
let's see if I play something country. Yeah. Okay. So, Sweet Home Alabama, ninety-eight BPM. Two bars out. Two bar just kick and snare. Four bars groove. Eight bars rim beat. Four bar groove. Eight bars rim beat. Eight bar <laughs> groove. Uh, parentheses crash on two accent rift. Blah, Damn, blah, okay, blah. so you've got a you've got so a it's detail. like a weird every yeah. time I every time a, a person asks, yeah. I, I mentioned to a lot of people, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I transcribe and stuff. They're like, oh yeah, show me, and then I show them my phone. They're like, well, I can't read this. What the heck is this? And I'm just like, so they're more like notes. It's it's, not, it's, it's not more like, notes, but it's like super specific. So right. that's when like when, that, when I like, say transcribe, it's like, I mean like I'll transcribe like specific hits. Obviously, I'll yeah. need to at certain points. Um. So I'll be like, like for snare, kick, or like hi-hat, I'll just be like S-K-H and just like do dashes out to signify where they are in the bar. So, yeah. That's been working for you, right? Yeah, it, it works for me. I, I don't know. I don't know if there are too many other people that do it the what same way. What about you, way. Nate? Because you've, I mean, you've been doing this Broadway thing longer than us. I know you're typically not a chart guy, right? You like to just learn from practice and just yeah know I, the songs i just play songs and then i just get them locked in my brains so yeah. like you every song you've like memorized it yeah but was that how it was initially like your first broadway game you said you had no no, no charts no, no, no forms no. Yeah, that's amazing no. I can, that's crazy i just i was telling him i just filled in my first my true first broadway gig this weekend and i had yeah. you know a whole pdf on the ipad right. of, which is really helpful yeah. Yeah. If but. it's a song that like I I haven't played too much, then obviously I'll have to look at the charts. But I, within the first week of our band playing on Broadway, we played like seven days a week, and we were playing the same songs every day because our repertoire wasn't as big at that point. So that's when I started memorizing our songs. And like we probably have like 150 songs that we can call out and be like, yeah, I have that one memorized. Let's just play it right now. But yeah. then there there'll be like the times where it's like I. I, I've barely learned this. I haven't had enough time to memorize it. So, yeah. Well, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of them. I'm. Some of those are are learned on the spot. They'll be like, oh, something will get called that we don't know, and then I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of messing with it, and then I'll I'll follow motions of the of the vocalist or guitarist. They're like, yeah, oh, we're doing stops here. I'm like, okay. Then I just memorize it from that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah I've got it. Right, right. I don't have to look at you or whatever. Yeah. But you know, it might not be. Form it might not be accurate to the record, but there, it's still it's still just to have them all memorized. Yeah, that's yeah no, mem- memorization is is key. It's really good. That's like that's I I did that all the time at back in, back in Washington, like for church gigs and stuff. I would always memorize the music. I just find myself not having the time for it. But but like I I think memorization is is like like a key tool. Do you think like you've drawn a lot of parallels between doing the church gig? And like playing here on Broadway or just in Nashville, I mean they're definitely different gigs. But I'm curious if you've like what has you know what have you pulled from like, like, like versa, that I think like, are like similar about similar it? or like maybe uh like you know you you do this the skill set for church that has really helped you in Broadway mm. or or opposite you know I well I feel like learning the Broadway music and just like taking every time to like chart out transcribe whatever you want to call it 10 songs a day for broadway stuff has just like uh deeply like um made my skill better of like learn doing stuff for church and like church stuff is like so easy to learn the parts like yeah. it's just 
it's just stupid easy. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I show up sometimes and I've never even heard the songs. And you're I, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. Same thing with country music. Yeah. So it's like you can get the feel of it within the first like five seconds of the song. So like, so it's it's like I don't have to use as much brain power when I'm doing the same thing with the worship songs. So, but but yeah, I, I feel like. With worship, you have to be more intentional because you're fostering a moment that like means something more than just playing the song. So like that's that's why I want to be like put as much energy as I am into learning those songs that I do learn the Broadway songs. So so I guess that's like a parallel there. But like I don't know. I'm trying to think of other parallels. Like can't really come up with too many. But, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, should we? Uh... Hit Jeff with some uh, quick questions here. So yeah, this could be fun. You go first, and I'll ask a question. This is this is live. We're doing it's it raw. Gonna be, not, oh boy, it's not staged or anything. It's gonna be great. Right. Favorite hot chicken place in town? <laughs> oh, well, I've, I've only been to one, Hattie B's, but I've heard that there was a great place. I don't remember what it was called. Prince's. Prince's. Yeah, I think that was it. That's the thing. I got a gluten allergy. I know. Uh, Sorry. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they had Hattie B's. Well, no, no. Because <laughs> I know you break it's it. It's a though. sensitive topic, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, they well, they, Hattie B's does like grilled chicken, like that. I I can do grilled instead yeah. of yeah. fried. So maybe Prince's has the same thing too. What's your current setup? What gear are you playing? I have a Yamaha Stage Custom kit. I think. <laughs> I <laughs> um, I have I've a, seen it. Yeah, Yamaha Stage Custom, and I, I have a various assortments of cymbals. And I have a dial tune drum, dial tune snare drum that they gave to me. Shout out dial tune, I love them. Uh, great people, <laughs> great. Uh, as I'm kind of sponsored by them, that's why. I'm nice, <laughs> nice. But not like in a weird marketing way. They're not even. You're not even gonna use the video for. <laughs> well, we are now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quicker questions. Let's go. I've been meaning to check out that. that I see that snare every time I dude, walk yeah, in there. Dude, yeah, dude, try it out. There and give it a, give it a smack around. Yeah, try it out. Which uh, is it? I'm, I'm just going to ask quicker. some other dumb food questions. Uh, hold on, hold on. Ask me one. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of one. I'll think of one. Well, I, I think we've asked this to other guests. Like, if pastels you, or crayons? Ah! Oh. <laughs> I got scared. I legit, <laughs> I legit got scared. <laughs> I was, we were all equally That's a good question, actually. Crayons or markers? Did you see me jump? He did jump. <laughs> I was so focused on him asking yeah. questions. Oh, that's what we should do. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is, this is I was best. like, I was like, my brain was like, oh, Dan will ask the question. You're like, that's what we're going to do now. Yeah. All right, take it away, Dan. And then, like, pause, but then Nate just screams out a question. <laughs> oh man oh that works so well I'm so happy that pa- panned out oh. it was you said it violently <laughs> it was pretty violently Pastel <laughs> so Jeff what's, what's the answer the question has been posed he, he and I I can confirm are both in tears <laughs> oh that was Oh my god, this laugh though, that's great. I want to sample this laugh. We like the laugh here, it's great. My laugh comes Okay, I, I have a legit question, if you're still thinking of no, yours. No, no. Um, my, okay, my question is, if you weren't drumming, what would you be doing? Or like, do you have any other hobbies? Dying. Dying, wow. Of okay. de- depressed. 
Dude, I don't know, man. My uncle died of depressed. I. <laughs> Why'd I laugh? You just Norm McDonald me. <laughs> wow, too soon, that's I think. One of, that's one of the greatest compliments I've ever and received. I just. <laughs> I got you. Um, I. I I always tell people I just I don't have any marketable skills other than drumming. That's like the only thing I work for. But like I feel like that's not true. Yeah, but like and, and like you may I, not realize since, it, since the first time you know, I've said that, I was like, well, that's even not like I, not to interrupt. I've seen like some of your videos and like your covers or the, the transcriptions you do. Like those are all marketable skills. You may just not think of it as such. Yeah, I, I know? yeah, thank you. I, I guess uh, yeah, I I usually don't. You you usually would tend the average person would usually tend to think of like oh like oh am I can I be a doctor can I be like no there's so many more specifics to it and like I had this conversation with my dad and he was like well no like being a nice person being down to earth being humble like having good social skills those are all marketable skills yes, they like are. like if, if you're if you're a good talker if you're good at talking you you can like influence people and influence your ways into rooms that people otherwise wouldn't have like gotten yes. so just just in the in the same way that being able to work hard at anything yeah is a marketable skill yeah this is this is the reason why from in my understanding there you can get a job after having completed Shaolin Temple mm. you can get a, a great job because they go oh well you did that impossible thing so you're willing to work hard at anything right yeah and that's the way they view it yeah you guys ever hear the quote, how you do one thing is how you do everything? Yes. I literally love that. It's, I think it's so true. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how I live my life. So, I mean, like like doing something with intentionality, like that's going to show and you're going to live your life doing, being intentional about, about like every step and every action. And it's, and it's going to take you farther. It's going to take you far. So. It seems like that you've really made a purposeful effort to do that, like in all areas of your drumming. Yeah, like just, the way you approach learning new songs or playing a gig, listening to music, being really genuine. Yeah, like it, that just, like, you know, it comes across probably not just on the instrument, but mm. like as as a friend and just, you know, day to day. Thank you. It's just like because <laughs> like I don't know. I just I I care so much about drumming and I care so much about what I do. It's like why not why not like give my best and like everything I have to offer in it. Just like, because there's, I don't know, I just, I just have a passion about it and nothing else like makes me as passionate about it. And it's just like, why not do everything in my power besides like the actual skill of play drumming so that I can take this career like as far as it can go. And so, yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. Love it. I don't, I don't know if there's any better way. Yeah, that's awesome. To end it than that i'm feeling inspired and like I, I just love how genuine you are and like it's it's cool to see someone like you to move here and have the success you're having and it just seems so deserved you know thank you so, i really appreciate it well, and, and that means a lot you, coming yeah. from you guys like thanks buddy you guys are like inspiring to me and like like i i didn't even like know too much about you before like you you like reached out to me on instagram and i was like and i'm seeing like all the stuff you post and like going out to like meet people and stuff and having all these different experiences and like it's like wow this, this guy's really inspiring and like of course you would like like your practice methods and like just how many people you know and just like all these different techniques you have for just like wanting to make yourself better like you guys are super inspiring to me so i appreciate that yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's why I love this community. That's what we're trying to do here. Just continue to talk to more drummers and, you know, spread the love. Yeah. So. And I would have I would have asked you to to give some words of wisdom to people who are incoming, but you already covered that. So yeah. you're you're golden, man. Thank you for this. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this episode, definitely share this with a friend. Also follow us on Instagram at Nashville Drummers Podcast. Lastly, before we go, you know, this podcast is really all about community and supporting one another. And with that in mind, I wanted to briefly bring up my good friend, Thomas Finch. If you don't know Thomas, he's one of the nicest dudes you'll meet in town and he's a drum tech and he's currently on the road with the band Saving Abel and unfortunately uh, he was involved in a very serious car accident luckily he's he walked away and he's doing just fine uh, but he did total uh, his Jeep and it's a complete loss for him and I know he's he's really devastated so we're thinking of Thomas at this time uh, the band has started a GoFundMe, and we'll link to that in the show notes, and we'll have it up on Instagram and Facebook. So please check that out, share it with a friend. I know that any small donation will really go a long way, and it's very much appreciated. Mm-hmm.